0: Hello everyone and welcome to Education Checkup. I'm Johnette Magner. We are a weekly podcast here at KTBS that covers what is happening in education in Northwest Louisiana. And we definitely like to highlight all the good things that sometimes you don't hear about. My co-host for the podcast is Dr. Philip Roseman. He is a cardiologist, but what you may not know about him is that he has also been a leader in education reform and improvement across the state. He's done so many things, one of them, founder of the Alliance for Education, co-founder of the Shreveport-Bosier Business Alliance for Higher Ed, and he received the Distinguished Friend of Education Award from the Louisiana Department of Ed. So, Dr. Roseman, welcome, and I will let you introduce our very special guest today. It
1: is a pleasure. Uh, we talked last week, but we're talking today about some more things about education uh, in our community. and I. Uh, I love being able to introduce people that I respect greatly, and it's an honor for me to introduce you. I think you'd need no introduction to the people mm-hmm. here in in the community because you've been here a long time uh, doing good work in our school system, and we're very thankful for what you've done. I know a lot of times it may seem like uh, you not ha- what impact you do you don't get to see the impact that you have, but be it known, I think that you have made great impact, positive impact on on our community, uh, and our schools and the kids and the families, uh, and uh, we're very appreciative. I we want to talk. We we uh, talked last week about a number of, of episodes, but I want to talk about this time. Talk a, to hone in on the idea of dropout prevention. Mm-hmm. You know that there came a time, 15, 20 years ago. The graduation rate at our high schools was abysmal um, and we took up uh, a lot of work that was done to try to get people to, to finish school uh, and be ready for the next step in their lives. Can you talk about some of the things that you're, you've been doing in order to keep kids in school and keep people engaged um, uh, even when they decide they're ready to go?
2: Right. You know, it's interesting. Oftentimes, uh, we are celebrated for our dropout rate. Well, for our really like graduation rate, if I speak to that, because we have achieved some of the highest graduation rates that have been recorded in this district's history. Uh, and, you know, it's certainly one of those things, uh, Dr. Rosemore. I feel, you know, I, I'm, I'm grateful that it's better than I found it. Uh, but we have so much work to do because that's one of those statistics that is until it's yeah. 100%, I won't be happy. Uh, but I think we've been very intentional around making sure first that we are finding children because the thing, especially if you as you look at where we are post COVID, uh, you have to find the kids and really executing our attendance department and our people in that department around making sure we get out there and find the kids and get them back in school. I think making sure that when they are at school that our guidance counselors are working very closely with the children to make sure that we identify the appropriate tracks for those students. And sometimes uh, a traditional track, even a traditional comprehensive high school is not the right place for them. So let's get them in the right place for them if that's not the case. I think the way we've exercised and utilized credit recovery opportunities Mm -hmm. for children and even paid for it in a lot of situations with with some of our resources that uh, our ESSER dollars have created for us has really helped a lot. Uh, I think too. You know, when you look at how we have really just taken advantage of the many opportunities that things like our high set programs and different programs have offered to children, and how we've utilized those, those have all been very important. But the key for our parish and the key things that we've done is we've grown our graduation rate is really being intentional. And, and really you can't speak to graduation when I was speaking to dropout. So it's the same things we really that you're speaking to. and really just been intentional about that number, but again, you know, I often, when we're celebrating for that number, I often, it's hard for me to celebrate it until it's 100, but I am proud of our people for the growth that we have seen, and it, and it is better than what we found it.
1: And one of the things that we talk about all the time now is crime, and mm-hmm. we talk about the, what are we gonna do about the issue of crime, especially violent crime? And I know the dropout rate or the graduation rate has some impact mm-hmm. on that, but I mean, school has an impact upon that issue. Can you talk a little bit about uh, how you see education as a way to, uh, to reduce the crime rate uh, uh, and get people to become model citizens rather than the opposite.
2: You know, one thing that we've done a wonderful job of in the school system is truly looking at this uh, conversation around restorative justice and really around creating situations where children are really reflective around behaviors and how they are and why you did what you did and how can you make a better decision. I think, too, that's helped us a lot within the school day. If you look at our school day, we've done a wonderful job, or we've done a good job, I should say, of creating safe environments where children are making good decisions. Decisions. We, as a system, too, reflect upon how can we help the world, to help our community, to make sure that students are taking those good decision-making skills with them when they leave. So, uh, that, and that's something that we that we struggle with too. You know, every time there's a shooting or there's something uh, a crime that involves a, ju- a juvenile. Uh, even if it's outside the school day. That's the space where I reflect and I go back and ask my team that too. And what we do though is we do constantly try to make sure that if there's an opportunity for us to uh, to support or to train or to, to help improve that as students leave the schoolhouse, we try and take advantage of that too. But it's a unique situation because they're just not with us all the time. But we do try whenever possible uh, through our social emotional learning platforms, uh, through the way we're doing restorative practices and working with students when they're in things like in-school suspension. Uh, we really do try and, and create problem solvers so that students are reflective upon not just the behavior. But the consequence if you do the behavior, so that they'll make better decisions.
0: You know, we have seen so many tragic school shootings, Mm -hmm. mass shootings around the country, and no school district can ignore it. I mean, you have to be you you have to be prepared for that day when uh, somebody wants to walk in and make a poor decision. Right. What have you all done to make the schools safe?
2: Right, you know, and, and knock on wood to your point, none of us are exempt, and I I'll open with that. And again, I am, you know, I don't even want to say we had not we've not had that happen because you don't want to even jinx yourself by saying that. But you know, we started with Roy Murray, uh, as our long-standing director of security, and and have made an amazing transition. Uh, to Don Gibbs now. Uh, We have so many wonderful things in place. You know, things that we have in place, like we do have an armed police officer on all of our campuses. Uh, You know, if you look at our secondary schools, we're taking full advantage of utilization of metal detectors, whether that's that's as you come Mm -hmm. in, also with random searches in our schools. Uh, You know, I think if you look at our security personnel on staff, they have been specially trained uh, to be aware of different things. Um, You know, we're looking at those one in points that we've designed our schools around, we, uh, our community has been so generous that we have uh, very advanced camera systems. But again, to your point, when someone chooses to enter and do some of these things, uh, it's hard to stop them. But what we've tried to do is make sure that all of our people are trained with how to react and how to react quickly uh, so that we do protect the safety of our children every day. But we do Hope to remain a community uh, where we don't see such tragedies. So we try and be as proactive, as visual, and, and and as deliberate as we can to prevent that from happening. Two, I think it's important to add when you look at things like our sporting venues, uh, we are as proactive in those settings as well, so that we too can protect uh, our student athletes, our students, and our community uh, when they're at those events too.
1: No, uh, I want to brag on Jeanette, but she's written uh, and and produced a number of really great stories about truancy mm-hmm. uh, and yes. some facts and figures about truancy that truly blew my mind uh, after the pandemic mm-hmm. specifically. Uh, and I, uh, it's if people forgot that there was school going on right. and, and, and you talked earlier about how you would need to go out and find those people right. uh, that might uh, not graduate. Uh, and to just get them back into school. Uh, what are the things, what are, what are the steps you're taking now as far to deal with this truancy issue? What, what, what kind of things can we do to, to change this mindset?
2: You know, I think with truancy, the thing that's been most, that's been over, and first off, let me say, there is probably nothing that was more overwhelming post-pandemic than the situation we inherited with truancy. Uh, you know, the judges got to the point to where they were overwhelmed. Uh, and again, I think that brought us back together, and probably the best thing that mm-hmm. came out of that was this vision uh, that D.A. Stewart and I actually had, oh wow, probably yeah. six, seven years ago around the harbor. Mm-hmm. And what w- the conversation with the harbor was about is that a lot of times, uh, well, well, first off, we <laughs> know if you're four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten and you miss school, it's not your fault. Yeah. There is an uh, an adult, there's an issue there that needs to be addressed that's causing an adult to not get you to school. So the conversation then shifts to how can we provide that family the support they need. What we did was we came up with the harbor and the harbor is an opportunity for us to use a cattle Parish commercial building. Uh, we had a, this is a wonderful partnership with the parish, with the uh, city, everyone's, puts a chunk of money there and we do full renovations of the building and we bring the resources that these families need under one roof. When these resources are under one roof, now we can refer families, the counselor, the teacher, Mm -hmm. the judge can refer families to the harbor so that they can get those supports that they need so that we can get as many of those students back in school as we possibly can. I think we all realize that, you know, throw mom in jail, okay, now the kid doesn't have a mom. That's not going, it's not, I mean, it's not quite going to solve the problem, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, really, the harbor, though, gives us an opportunity to connect parents with those resources that they need. But again, as we continue to live within this community of, as friends, we have to continue to provide this education around the importance of educating our children. But a big part of that is really around getting parents' resources, especially those that just don't know, but getting them access to those resources uh, so that they can get their children in school. You know, I tell people just naturally, uh, mothers love their children, parents love their children, but it's just, what do I know? And getting them that resource and that information so that they can uh, create that better opportunity.
1: One of the areas that came out, again, after the uh, after the pandemic, that is just... Kind of blown us all away is the mental health issues that have come mm-hmm. as a result. Mm-hmm. Uh, the suicide rate, the right. Anxiety rate, the depression rate. It's all bad. Uh, and uh, what 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 can schools do, or what are you able to do, as it relates to the mental health issue? Uh, is the Harbor one of those things? What, what well, I, is it that we can do? So with?
2: the Harbor is an example of that. Another thing that we've done though too is that we partner with several uh, mental health agencies. VOA is one example. In fact, there's several examples. I've, I probably should have named one, but that's one. Yes. But there's several examples. I can't name them all, uh, but again, there's several different mental health agencies in our community that partner with us and work directly with our schools around providing mental health support when that is appropriate for students. Uh, you know, I think. Also, really proud that uh, at the grassroots level we have a Tier One social emotional learning platform, and this is this is all about creating stronger children. It's not about any type of indoctrination or anything of that nature. It's just simply about grit. It's about uh, yeah. stick to itness. It's about. Uh, good health, it's just about creating strong children. And, but I think when you get past that tier one level where there is a tier two need, we do there have these opportunities where you can get, be referred for uh, mental health support. And I think that's very important, especially as you see some of the things that children, um, do, some, of the, some of the fears that children were exposed to uh, as they live through just the not knowing what tomorrow holds when you're going through a pandemic.
0: So a question that, that I have about mental health is the situation, you've, you've got lots of services and, and I'm sure you've really trained people, teachers on how to spot mm-hmm. a child who, who is in trouble, but generally is the mental health situation getting better as we move away from COVID? or is it still as bad as it was?
2: You know, I don't have any, any statistics to support, but I think, I would say it's better. Okay. Uh, I'm hearing uh, of less crisis situations as I go into this year, if I, if I were to compare that to last. And that's just what I'm hearing. Okay, you know, I don't have any data to support that. And I do believe, as we, uh, I do believe, and I say this, and I don't just say this as a cliche, I do believe the children that have experienced this will probably end up being some of the strongest people we'll ever, we will ever know. Uh, as they mm-hmm. continue to grow and, and into their adulthood just because of what they have experienced. I think it's just a matter of us uh, allowing them to develop and let that coping uh, skin uh, develop. I think yeah. they're gonna be really strong people uh, at some point yeah. in life.
1: No, uh- but- I've often said, and I really believe this to be true, there's gotta be a special place in heaven for somebody who's a middle school teacher. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah. I'm sure that's there. Uh, mm-hmm. um, but uh, in the area of middle school, uh, what, what, what areas are we working, you know, we talk a lot about literacy, and we talk a lot about at the end game about school and career connections. We don't talk about middle school that much. Mm-hmm. What What do you see as, as how we can, how those years can be done better? There's got to be a better way. Uh, uh, yeah, okay. it's a
2: special year. So uh, full disclosure, I'm a, I was a middle school teacher. I was a middle school assistant principal for your teaching three-year assistant principal, five-year principal. So I am a middle school weirdo, okay? (laughs) love I love middle school. I I do, I love everything about those little (laughs) different babies. Yes, indeed. I I hated middle school. That was the only time I I didn't love school. And both my babies, of course, have gone through that stage, too. So it is a difficult time. Much easier with a girl than a boy. But nevertheless, that's neither here nor there. But uh, what I will tell you, though, is it is a special time. And it's a time that we worry about a lot. We do see at our K-8 moms and uh, we see uh, great success there. Uh, but as, when you look at our six, seven, eight models, uh, you know, uh, we, we do see some opportunities there. We, of course, of course, we see great growth in, in some of our schools versus right. some of the others. See, I didn't name a school, I didn't, right. do, yeah. okay, I caught myself. But nevertheless, <laughs> what I will tell you, though, is that uh, I do think as you look at how we're doing our career, career technology education, uh, that's one area where you're going to see us expand quite a bit into the middle schools. I think is when you look at things like foreign language opportunities, uh, you'll see as we're gonna be expanding a lot in those areas. And really a lot of that's really around how do we create more space at the high schools for students to do other things of specific interest. So I think that's some of the things you're gonna see there. Uh, really excited about a lot of the success we're seeing there with numeracy uh, throughout the way we're doing our math and how do we sustain that growth as we continue uh, post COVID uh, and post ESSER dollars more importantly. So looking to continue to see uh, the level of growth that we've seen there too. So I do think, and please know it has been a focus, uh, as we had conversations coming out of COVID, middle school dominated a lot of those conversations, even more than literacy in our parish in a lot of situations, because that is the time when we're losing children. Research shows fifth grade, uh, but our research has always shown that fourth, fifth, and certainly all of our middle school grades where, where we're losing far too many children. Even as a parish, i What do say, you mean losing? So when I say losing, um, I'm gonna speak to, in our parish, I'm gonna speak to two types of losing. Na- when you speak to a national statistic, this is where students are losing interest in school okay. and where you start to begin to see that decline which leads to those dropout rates. What you see in our parish though, which is interesting, when you see that middle school grade, that's where we see that decline in population. Uh, You see an increase in private school uh, populations in middle school in our parish, but we tend to get them back at high school. And and a lot of that's because you don't have as many private school opportunities here in high school, so we tend to get a lot of those kids back. So we're really looking, and and what that speaks to is that we have uh, more uh, opportunities at elementary, where parents are really pleased, but we're not seeing as many in that middle school uh, space where parents are just really pleased and we're losing kids there. So we we spend a lot of time in that space and conversation in that space around how do we create more uh, seats that parents consider high quality in that middle school space.
1: Just as a uh-huh. thought, I think, you know, the this the system, the caterpillar school system, is very much a choice system. Mm-hmm. And when you get up into high it's school high, you mm-hmm. have choice, 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 mm-hmm. choice. You don't necessarily get all of that in middle school. Right and you know the the need for you know them to understand or find something for them and i think it is this uh, this idea of getting back to connecting school and career even as far back as middle school mm-hmm. maybe that is something Mm-hmm. that can make them wanna go to school.
2: Right, you know? so, and I think you're on to something there, and even as we look at this conversation with this board, around, and this board's in a unique situation as we look at uh, this conversation around right size in our system. I think if you look at uh, number of choices at elementary, there are a lot of choices. If you look at high school, there's a lot of choices. Are we losing in the middle because we don't have as many choices? And I think from a society perspective, people like choices. And mm-hmm. uh, right, wrong, or indifferent, people like choices.
1: Right, I think that's, that's uh, I think that's true, and yeah. you know, and I think that that does make a big difference. And and are uh, um, one of the things that I'm sorry. No, no, you go oh, ahead. No,
0: You're talking about choices, and I was thinking yeah. about the education savings accounts mm-hmm, that yeah. we. That's a good
2: place to go. Yeah, that's a good transition. <laughs> so <laughs> you know,
0: lots of conversation about that on the state level but one of the things i i worry about and i think about right away is if those dollars that we take from public schools you know you have economies of scale you Mm -hmm. have you know we we can't afford to have a weak public school system
2: right so when you talk about savings accounts, and I, and I, and I certainly understand the concept, I, I think that uh, the way you're going to see that roll out in a Shreveport Cattle Parish is going to look very different from a South Louisiana. Uh, uh, those superintendents uh, uh, need to be a little more concerned. Now, could that level of private, private, private schools develop here? Uh, sure it could, but again, I think that's where we're gonna have to step up our game and really make sure that our choices are at a high level, uh, have that high level choices too. I think one thing you saw, and, and if you've talked to Walter Lee, when the magnet schools were, uh, began, that's the situation he was in. Uh, he had to come up with something to compete with private schools as he was losing families I mean, at a at a huge rate. So, if these savings accounts come, be sure, cattle will be prepared to fight, and we'll be prepared <laughs> to continue to offer the highest quality um, opportunities to families as we have done, in you know, and you know, in our current setting. We will continue to be the leader of national blue ribbon schools. We'll continue to produce per, more perfect ACT scores. And we'll continue to be the national merit leaders, and those are the type of things that we'll have to continue to do. And that's what, and, you know, they're coming. So that's one of the things that, uh, you know, I tell my friends in South Louisiana, y'all, you turn, your, turn it up, let's go. Cause you got to compete. Yeah,
1: yeah. absolutely. Uh, let me uh, ask you about an area that is uh, not really controversial, but a lot of discussion uh, in the area of the social studies standards mm-hmm. uh, and uh, there's a lot of concern about you know what's taught about about how children are really where they're very really low in the area of social studies. They mm-hmm. don't know much about the country they live in. They don't know much about history. They don't know much about the Constitution. And, and you know, there's a, a feeling that that's a major issue uh, mm-hmm. in the country. We have some new social studies standards, which uh, the, the superintendent that we t- uh, taught of the state. Know, very much was helpful. How do you see social studies? Its place? How do we? How do we boost that? Boost that up?
2: Well, you know, my, my concern, of course, you know, is too that that's an area that, if you look at a school performance score, if you look at a district performance score, has not been our friend. And my big push was when the the standards were being pushed was that it would be true history, but also let it be aligned to what you're going to test me on. Okay, so let it be aligned to what you're going to test us on, and let it just be true history. And I do believe that our curriculum has met those standards. Uh, You know, I think, and I think those are the things that's important. I also prayed and prayed that it would not be something that would be so political, that it would be distracting, yeah. and that it would be something that our teachers would uh, be beat up about. And I think that too has happened too, because it seems to have been, you know, the implementation seems, has been pretty um, smooth. Uh, so I'm really excited about that. But again, I just wanna make sure that it's aligned to how we're tested so that our teachers can teach and be assessed appropriately, uh, but also just let it be fair and appropriate history that, as it's happened.
1: Yeah, I think that's happened here, and it's kind of been a bellwether for other states right. uh, to quit com- complaining about these things and actually develop, you know, some standards right. you know, that uh, you work on uh, to make to give teachers some uh, guidance about where to go with all this. Right. You know, um, you know, uh, I ask we asked somebody kind of personal question every time, and and this is one that. Uh, I like to, to ask and get your thoughts on is okay. uh, the area of, um, <laughs> of advice. So uh, I, I want you to tell me what advice you have for parents, students, community, okay, as we go forward? what have you learned, and what do you want people to know uh, uh, about you and how they should, uh, and also about uh, your thoughts about? Perspective on philosophies,
2: right? You know one thing i tell parents uh, especially is that you know As you look at opportunities for your children uh, to make sure that you're supporting uh, your teachers Make sure you're supporting your schools uh, Make sure that you're finding those opportunities opportunities to get plugged in Uh, One thing that I encourage every parent to do is to find one day out of the year to donate to the school system uh, it's not everybody can donate one day. And mm-hmm. imagine how, how powerful that would be if every parent in a school of 800 kids donated one day of service to the school system. Uh, what a better place it would be. I also encourage parents because I do think we're living within such a media driven society. Uh, to find it easier to support the school system versus to believe everything you read and see. Uh, (laughs) So in support, I mean to follow up, just to ask the questions, uh, to not always attack, uh, but ask the questions and not always believe everything that you read. Uh, And to to just be supportive of the system. I promise you, there's so few teachers in this world that went into this business to pick on kids. Uh, It's just so few, I'm not going to say it in Apple, but it's so few and just give them a chance and listen and and work with them and I think at the end of the day, we all will be better for that. And I hope that's helpful to somebody. Yeah,
1: very much. But let me ask you, let me get you more personal. Okay. What did you write in your letter to your daughter uh, when she went off to college or what did you tell her? you know, in those end times, when you know mm-hmm. she's fixing to go off, and what did you tell her about how to how to build a better life for herself? You know,
2: and, and I'm glad you asked that question because um, the, the converse and we in fact it's so interesting you asked that question because my wife and I talked about this just recently. Uh, you know, we were blessed that we have two children that are very smart. Uh, they've always done very well academically, but in in that letter and in that conversation, even we've always stressed that uh, I would rather you not even go to college and be an incredibly good person yeah. then be a multimillionaire and be a jerk. Uh, it's so important that you remember the most important thing in life is to be kind. Uh, you know, I pray the world is kind to you, but it's your responsibility to always be kind. Uh, in a world where you can be anything, you can always be kind. And that's what we tell our children every day. And you know, for years, we were never the type of people, you know, people would ask, well, what do you want your kids to be when they grow mm-hmm. up? You know, what are you training them to do? What programs do you put them in? And we did camps and things like that, but it was always about being kind. And again, we've been blessed that we have two children that are kind, but again, uh, we're blessed that they're smart, but that's really not, it's its not what's most important to us. Is that they're kind. Yeah. He just um,
0: made me cry. It's so <laughs> true. That's and, and we so mean it. True. We mean it. Yeah. And we mean it. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> at, at the end of, of. of the day, that is the most important. It's the most thing.
2: important thing. I mean. Um, yeah. Re, we, you know, riches and great things—they have their place for sure. Yeah. But if it's just misplaced, if you can. not yeah, We be look at
1: the civility around us yeah, and we right. say, you know, how much would it change?
2: How much would it change if change? each
1: individual just looked back and said, you know, let to be kind. To be kind. And love your neighbor as yourself, mm-hmm. as is true and across the board. And, and
2: the thing I hope is that the world is kind to her, you know, absolutely. but again, uh, I hope that, but again, I hope she's, yeah. Yeah, Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Well listen, thanks so much for for being with us and, and talking with us and letting us know what's going on in the school system. We're very appreciative uh, of your work uh, and um, you've done a great deal for our community and we'll uh, always as a community will always look at you in a way and say we're thankful you were kind uh, and you were thoughtful uh, and you did put into place those things that you just talked to
2: about your daughter well it is my Mm -hmm. pleasure and
0: congratulations on 10 years thank
2: you thank (laughs) you i'm really excited about that wow thank you
0: and thank you to all of you for joining us today for education checkup you can watch this podcast on ktbs.com or listen anywhere that you listen to your other favorite podcast. Have a good day and join us next time for Education Checkup.